Filmmaker Commentary, episode 168. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we cover movies with commentaries from directors who take the time to record them on Blu-ray and DVDs. We also give our detailed insights, so look out for spoilers. We discuss the latest in showbiz news along with movies and TV shows that we've been watching. So join Reginald Titus Jr. That's me. And Casey G. Smith. That's me. Every week here on Filmmaker Commentary. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an episode of Filmmaker Commentary. I'm Reginald Titus Jr. Reginald Titus Jr. I'm joined with Casey G. Smith. Welcome back, sir. Glad to be back. <laughs> Told you we'd switch it up this go round. Indeed. Uh, today we're talking about Jackie Brown. 1997, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, based on the book Rum Punch by Elmore Leonard. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What we got for budget and box office? All right. So Jackie Brown uh, from Quentin Tarantino had an estimated budget of $12 million and a worldwide gross of $40 million. Okay. That's a win. That is a win for sure. Yeah, that was responsible. Um, was there uh, any kind of awards or kind of what was the sentiment at the time? I know Roger Ebert and all them kind of covered it, but uh, wh- what were the vibes? So Jackie Brown, of course, came uh, off the heels of the uber popular Pulp Fiction. And so many people were wondering, what is Quentin Tarantino going to do next? Absolutely. And so with this film being more kind of grounded and kind of character based. Mm hmm. I think I know myself. I I appreciate it more now. Yeah, that I'm older. Uh huh. Um, and older people t- seem to appreciate it more because of some of the, obviously some of the talent that was in there. Right, the the Pam Greer's, the Robert Forrester, For- Forrester, Robert Forrester, mm-hmm. uh, and some of their legacy in filmmaking, and of course some of the black exploitation tropes that are found within this film, which is a, a part of Tarantino's uh, how he what he grew up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were definitely some uh, awards or nominations, at least, that the the film got. So both Pam Greer and Samuel Jackson they were nominated for both SAG awards and Golden Globes, and Robert Forster was nominated for an Oscar. Wow, an Academy Award. Yeah, I would have thought Pam would have got the nod, but you know, it is what it is. Tarantino actually said in one of the interviews that he was he was he really had wished she had gotten nominated as well. That would have been like the cherry on top. Yes, sir. Um, good stuff. Okay, okay. And the distributor was Miramax. Uh, whew. I mean, <laughs> it's funny seeing those names flash across the screen now. It's like different, different times. It was <laughs> Weinstein. Ooh, it's like yeah. Anyhow, uh, but before we talk further about Jackie Brown, nineteen ninety seven, Jackie Brown. Uh, let's talk about. TV news and movies watched. So in the news, according to Deadline, it was a bow wow wow start for Lion Gate slash Thunder Road film slash 8711's John Wick Chapter 4 with a $137.5 million global um, global debut this session. Of that, $64 million is estimated to be from 71 international box office markets. All were number one starts and cumulatively are 73% above John Wick Chapter 3 or John Wick 3 Parabellum from 2019. Wow. And that's um, the recent passing of the brother 
Remember him, him in I can't think of his name. Do you do you know his name? The yeah, actor. See if it'll pop up in this article. Uh but he's in John Wick as the uh concierge, I guess mm-hmm. you can say. Well known actor, just recently passed, I think about two weeks ago. Yes. Let's get his name. Let's put some respect on our brother's name. Absolutely. John Wick four. Who would have thought it would have this many movies? That's Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick. Rest in peace, one Lance Reddick of The Wire fame mm-hmm. and some other movies and shows, but definitely also from John Wick fame. Just a sudden sudden passing. He was just in his 60s. Yeah. So rest in peace, condolences to his fans and, of course, his family and friends. Yes, sir. Uh, any more news? Uh, actually, yes. Also, according to Deadline, Jonathan Major's lawyer says there's evidence proving actor is entirely innocent and expects charges to be dropped imminently of alleged assault. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Jonathan Major's criminal defense lawyer is speaking out and claiming the Creed 3 actor is innocent and has evidence proving his innocence. Jonathan Major is completely innocent and is provably the victim of an altercation with the woman he knows uh, one Priya Chandri told Deadline in a statement we are quickly gathering and presenting evidence to the district attorney when uh, excuse me with the uh, exception that all charges excuse me with the expectation that all charges will be immediately dropped yeah unfortunate um, especially you know he's coming off a win with Creed 3 him and Michael B. Jordan so you know hopefully some like some surveillance footage or something comes out to kind of like free him from this because I mean, in our society, I mean, it doesn't, we don't have the time to wait around for a court date. We're we're automatically going to say you're guilty or you're not guilty. The court of public opinion is a strong one. So our our hopes is that my hope is that, um, you know, the evidence, uh, evidence comes out and hopefully proves, proves to the contrary. And that, uh, Mr. Majors is, uh, you know, not, uh, guilty of, uh, of of what 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 is being allegedly uh, and, and accused of, um, and that the other person involved, if um, that they're okay as as well. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, yeah. yeah. And if it's like a false for. accusation or something like that, then you know, hey, you got to pay for that as well. So exactly. So yeah. we'll be on standby. Indeed, that's that's all. That's all we can do there until the uh, the 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 truth comes to surface. But that's uh, what I have for the news. What have you been watching? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so I wrapped up the last episode of the first season of King of Tulsa on Paramount Plus. Stallone. Man, good show. Plus, <laughs> surprise. This is Stallone in some of his best work. Okay. It really is. We've, we've all got our idea, our mind's eye of one Sylvester Stallone. This role of him as a, an old gangster, uh, it's, 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 it's very cool. This is... Yeah, I highly recommend it. Uh, King of Tulsa on Paramount Plus. Speaking of ending a season, just ended the series for Ozark. Holy crap, is all I can say. Wow, y'all really went in on that one. Yeah, we had to knock that one out, man. Get that out. Get that off the books, man. That one was. That one. It was one of those endings that you're like, holy crap. What other people think, and then you go on the internet to find out what other people thought about it, and you get all this kind of commentary on it. Okay, so it's so it's uh, 
Water cooler talk worthy. Yeah, yeah that, that one. That one was interesting. I was I was diving deep into that one. Okay, um, but yeah, I'm glad that one's over. We're out of it. It was fun while we were there, but it started kind of becoming like, okay, I'm tired of watching murder. Ah. You know, you know, one of those like every it's kind of monotonous. Yeah, okay. it's just almost like it's feels like there's no hope and you're just tired of living almost like a, I don't know if this is the case with uh, like the walking dead. It's like, all right, I'm tired of zombies this week. You know mm. what I'm saying? Every episode of zombies, but that's the world that they're living in. So gotcha. you have no choice. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so what, since we, we covered Jackie Brown after watching it, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Let me go back and uh, watch a Pam Greer movie. Ooh. Ooh. That's all I can say. Say what? <laughs> What did you watch? I watched. She was, she was a lot of exploitation stuff, some wild stuff. I watched the seminal movie, Coffee. All right. All right. What did you think? And it's solid, man. Pam Greer is kicking butt and taking names. Like, mm-hmm. yo. And, and she, she's one of the most beautiful women. Like, and, and she, and she, and she, she, she owns all of that in Coffee. Like, she's, you know, she's, uh, She's out for revenge for her sister who's gotten hooked on drugs, which is the basic premise of the film. Yeah, it was a lot of exploitation. She's going after... Going after the man. Going after the man. Those who are responsible for pushing that junk. Yeah. And she'll do anything to... To um to get after them. She'll, she'll, she uses her mind and her body, her her fists and her feet. And yeah, it's, 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 and it's kind of brutal. I was like, whoa. Was like, nice. There's a... Like one scene with like a like a, a shotgun going off and like you see like that kind of the, the brain splatter. I was like, whoa! It's <laughs> yeah, it's uh pretty intense. But I watched that on Tubi. Okay, Tubi. Uh, Let's yeah. go. Yeah, and also on this on this Blu-ray edition of Jackie Brown, mm. they have I mean crazy Pam Greer love. There's a whole section on Pam Greer trailers. Wow. About 15 different trailers for different films that she was involved in. Like all the way back to like uh Caged or Caged Women oh. and oh, White like Mama Black Mama. That was yeah. crazy. It's I, got, I was like okay. I started watching I was like okay, this is this is getting too much. I was like, all right, it was me, like some of that stuff was like borderline this. X-rated. Yeah. yeah. I was like okay, this is a little too much. I'm like I'm right. It was like it's true it's true exploitation film. Yeah. The first I'm like okay, this is just like women exploitation like the way this is going down. This is uh no, wow. they, they got away with a lot. Yeah. A whole whole lot. <laughs> Gotta love the freedom. Yeah. That was the, you know, the late sixties, early seventies, and they were uh they were going for it. <laughs> but yeah, so I watched Coffee. Um Wow. Yeah. Free. Good for you. That's a good one. Yes, sir. And I I'm, I wanna check out Foxy Brown as well. That'll probably be my next one I check out. I think that was on Freebie. Okay. Um this past Friday, the family no, the Friday before last, we watched Chucky Three. Woo. <laughs> so y'all keep the potty going. Yeah, just keep the potty going. <laughs> Might as well. We here. It was. I fell asleep during it, man. I was tired. Mm. I was like, oh, when I wake up and see a murder. <laughs> <laughs> is that when it died? Oh, okay. Chucky three is interesting because it's like that's when he was like kind of like how Freddy Cougar got got more aware of himself, the, character the of himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he started dropping more jokes, and then it's just more murder. It's about how the murder is going to happen, basically, versus like the story. The story mm. did kind of play a role, but um, going back and looking at those films, like, dude, I can, as a filmmaker, I see how they, I, like, I can do this now. Like, you know, just looking at it, like, dang, okay. 
the like the level of filmmaking i don't know uh you can just with our knowledge you're just looking at it, it's like i see how all this was done yeah. this is interesting uh just looking at it with different eyes um yeah so chucky three that one was good um i watched uh i'm still i'm i have actually one episode left of the first season of wednesday oh okay. on netflix i've been enjoying it yeah. i've been enjoying it mm-hmm. it's just mainly jenna ortega i've been on jenna jenna ortega kick yeah. like she's just but it's her in that role the the way the character the the, the eye movements just it, I, it's fascinating to see her play that role and have, and have to be so stoic yeah and and suppress emotion so much I like that character in general just because of like how nonchalant they talk about murder and how they're going to do it, uh, especially yes. in the Adams Family uh, movies. It's great. Christina and, Ricci just played the heck out of that. And it's cool enough to see the difference between the two and how they how they handle the characters. Right. Jen Ortega's take on it versus Christina Ricci. Like yeah. she's taking some of Christina Ricci's, but it's, it's cool. But yeah, man, uh, Wednesday's been been very good. Like kudos to Tim Burton. I like uh, <laughs> yeah. Ortega's great. It just made me think of the other Adams Family one when um, Christina Ricci. What's the brother? What's the what's the brother's name in Adams Family? Um, mm. Her little brother. Yeah, you got Wednesday. Just, just said his name. So she's her th- her gimmick is she's always trying to kill her brother. Yeah, and then so she has like this lightning. She has him in a in a electric electric chair. And then she's like, he's like, so Wednesday. What do, so what are we playing right now? It's not Pugsley, is it? Maybe I don't know. Probably I, don't know. I can think about the song, and maybe they'll pop up. Think about they walk together. That's catchy. Theme songs were it. So anyhow, he's sitting in an electricity chair. She's got her hand on the lever, and then he's like, "What game are we playing today?" And then she's like, "Is there a god?" <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh man, just the dark humor from the Anders family is wonderful. Anyhow, I may have to go back and visit some of those older ones. It's yeah. been I, I don't know if I, I don't know that I ever watched because my sister got it really into it. And I was I would I would get turned off by it if she was really into something. Like, oh. Hi, you had to do the opposite. Um, that was about partially maybe a twin thing, but it's also because Hammer MC Hammer he had the the music video. But that was on part two. But my sister loved MC Hammer. She would play his stuff. All the was the man. Time, not saying he wasn't, but when you're that when, one, you're, when that, your sibling becomes a super fan and plays the music all the time, every day, uh, all day, playing like because my room was across the hallway from hers. Too legit, too quick. Yeah, yeah. Too, and that, that I knew all the I knew all the words. I still remember the words some of the songs because he played it. All she made sure that you knew those lyrics. I liked Hammer. Yeah, that song was kind of annoying. I began to hate Hammer <laughs> because she played it all the time. I'm good to go. Good to go. Like, I mean, it's just yeah, it was just constant. And so it, 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 this Hammer don't Hammer don't Hammer no Hammer. Oh man, it just created something in me. I was like, ah. so yes, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do pumps in the bump. Pumps in the bump. <laughs> Oh, we won. Like, <laughs> it's all good. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it's not MC Hammer no more. It's just Hammer. Just Hammer. I dropped the MC. I'm the Hammer. <laughs> I, did, I did like, I did like, uh, after took a little break, he came back with Sultry Funk. That, wait, that was the name of the song? Yeah, Sultry oh. Funk. Okay. 
That's the kind of funk I want. That sultry funk, sultry funk. It was just more, oh, more yeah, mellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember it real, now. Real chill. That was like chill vibe. As, he, as he realized, Funky Head Hunter, it had its place, kind of. But then he came back, smoothed it out, sung, got kind of back to his, his, his roots. Like, all right. I can feel this. We got to pray today just to make it today. I said we pray. Hey. I said we pray. Pray. <laughs> we need to pray. <laughs> oh, man. Early hip hop. Let's go. Yes, sir. But Pugsy is the boy's name. Okay. Good. Good, good. Um, and then one of the last things we watched recently was we finally got to watch Megan uh, because it came available on Prime. Because at first it was like early access, still in the theater kind of purchase. It was on um, I Paramount. Watched, yeah, uh, I watched it actually on Peacock. Yes, yes. I, it was one of so instead of renting it, I just like all right, let me go ahead and pay this four ninety nine for uh, Peacock and watch the unrated version, which just I think it was just like more blood in some of the scenes. Mm-hmm. What you think? It was good. It's not as scary because I was asking the kids. I said, "Was this scary to y'all? Like compared to Chucky?" He's like, "No, Chucky is more scary." Yeah, because this just seems like uh, it was just oh, we made a mistake, you know. And if (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's this fall. Watch people make a terrible mistake. (laughs) More mistakes with technology. (laughs) Megan three part two. That's what it felt like. It was just like, okay. Yeah, Chucky's still... Because, I mean, you talk about a demon-possessed doll. Yeah, that's a different, that's a different vibe. Like, this guy's channeling <laughs> his spirit into a doll. Like, back of me! Whoa. Like, this is supernatural. Like, this dude... Yeah. And, and, and when the first Chucky... Like there's it's what you don't see, like... Or just the small things, like his, like, feet running across the... Right. Like, oh, what? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic, and then the boy gets blamed for it because like he's got the same shoes on. He's like, "But it wasn't me." Yeah, poor Andy. <laughs> Shut up, kid. You're going to jail. We're locking you up, man. And then when you see that the little person coming up the steps after with the big head, you're like, "Oh, that's creepy to me." I'm like, "Yeah, that's true." And the kid saying, "Chucky's gonna kill me." It's like, "Oh man, this kid knows he's gonna die." I was like, "Oh man." <laughs> In part three, did you ever watch Chucky three? Uh, uh, no, they, I, so they introduce a black kid because they're basically all in like a military school. This is like mm. middle school to high school kids. So it's this military school. That's where Andy's at. He's a teenager now, and he's growing up through this military school. Chucky finds a way to be brought onto campus. But there's this black kid that's probably like uh, in middle school, and he's like, "Oh wow!" And so he sucked into this whole Chucky situation. Mm. And then Chucky was like, "I don't need you anymore, Andy." Chucky's gonna be a bro. It's like mm, that's racist. My dad, my brother. I mean, my son was like, "That's racist." <laughs> good catch, kid. Yeah, good, good catch. catch. I said, like, "Yeah, it was." It's probably funny back in the nineties, but it's not today. <laughs> mm. That's funny. Anything else you've been watching, sir? That's it, man. Megan. So Megan was good, but it just didn't. It didn't have the same mm. as a Chucky. Right, Megan is more of a sci-fi. Yeah, it's more of a sci-fi. It's like a dark, dark sci-fi uh, kind of film, basically. Because yeah. uh, also, Megan's trying to she's trying to protect the girl as well, and just which yeah, kind of just malfunctions. Which seems to be the so what does make it scary is that AI is a real thing in our society now. Yes, sir. And 
we people haven't figured out how to control it yet. And so when it goes to a certain point, we just cut it off. No. All right, that's enough. <laughs> there's stories, you know, Google and there's some other things where like the AI has gone too far. And it was like, OK, we're going to we're going to stop this. I read an article <laughs> about it was like these two machines, both AI machines. They turned on. They started communicating with each other. Yeah. And they, they learned so fast that the people couldn't they didn't know what they were talking about anymore. And so they they had to just pull the plug, shut them up, <laughs> shut them down, shut them down, shut them down. What are they plotting? And then they got they got paranoid, paranoid, Absolutely. and just <laughs> pulled the plug. I was like, oh man, what what were these things plotting? It's like, but we don't learn. Like we get like we oh we've got to. It's like you know, it's it's it's, it's cool, yeah. but I mean, we make movies about it going bad, and then it gets a bribe. Oh, it went bad. <laughs> this went bad. What happened? <laughs> Why didn't anybody tell me? <laughs> We've got a couple of you know movies here that. Uh, so that's tried what to makes ruin. it the most scary is that because that we know that that will happen, that can happen with all the Chat GPT. Have you tried any of this stuff with Chat GPT? I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. I'll put that under my suggestion section. Oh, chat. Welcome GBT. to the world, Casey. So <laughs> I'll probably have to send you a video um, of people that are creating things with chat. Oh, GPT. Was that some of the deep fake stuff? Well, not just deep fake, but um, you can literally type in images, right? Yeah. Images, they create images, they can create programming language. You can like create a whole app without knowing programming that the, the, um, the, AI, AI <laughs> would do it for you. Um, I've, I've been able. To, we've created um, gra um, graphics for our books. Like my son's done like fifty of them for our journals that we're creating as our side hustle that we're doing. Uh, but he's in there just typing it out, so you can be like, you can type in like dog with wings, and you can like you get. It's about how you type the prompt in. Mm -hmm. to the AI and it'll generate it for you based on what's available in the world. Kind of like MySpace back in the day? No, just kidding. That's more like, that was like a little like basic coding, kind of like HTML. Yeah, this is, this is truly AI. Wow. And, um, yeah, I'll have to send you a video on it, but it's very fascinating and scary at the same time because yeah. now artists, artists are feeling threatened because like yeah. some of the images, like you can create this stuff. And they thought they'd be safer longer. They're like, Oh, no one could ever replace this. Even like uh, I've, I've seen a program for voice acting Yeah, that it can, you know, replicate or whatever, different, obviously sounds, di dialect, whatever. So it's like, man, it's only a matter of time. Like once, I mean, it's going to crack the AI will crack the code of quote unquote emotions and feelings yeah. and, and whatever, and be able to replicate, duplicate. And especially if it's They're pulling, already doing that, if it's already pulling from the history of stuff that's come before. Yeah, it can do it. And this, it can, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, uh, it's gonna, it's fun times. It's we're already there. It'll uh, change fast. I heard a song the other day. Timolin had put it out on his Instagram and it was a, it was an AI that had mimicked Kanye West's voice singing a Justin Bieber song and it was like jamming. <laughs> Kanye West singing a Justin Bieber and it was just the AI emulating the voice. Man. So the thing is that again between that stuff and the deep fakes, mm -hmm. there's gonna be stuff media wise where you like you won't be able to to trust it. Like to know, okay, is this is this a true this, true source? Like how how can you trust so it? So this 
So this is how bad it's been on. So you know all the stuff that's going on with Trump and you know him possibly going to jail. Right. So in the AI, they've created images of Donald Trump being like handcuffed. being handcuffed. I, I did see that. So last that's week. Been, that was created I saw with. Those, so that's, that was AI. So that's created with the Chat GBT stuff. Ah. And so and it was so good that people thought it was actually they happening. It was real. Yeah. So that's, that's what the Chat GPT can do. It can create stuff that it doesn't exist. You remember that uh, show Devs? Did you ever finish it? That I had told you about on Amazon about the developers or developers. I never started it actually. You didn't? I thought you did. Uh no. Oh. I put that on my suggestions though. You, yeah. You had yeah. We had talked about it. Devs? Yeah. Development. Devs. No. Okay. You have to watch it. Um And this is Devs? Mm-hmm. Okay. On Amazon. Uh, I think it was Amazon or is it Hulu? I talked about this was back in when we talked about this is during the pandemic. Mm. And I yeah. No, I never got into it. Unfortunately, sorry about that. No worries. Sorry about that. I remember you had pulled it up. I guess you never did jump in, no. but um, it's sci-fi, of course. But it's oh, was that the one where somebody dies early on? That was on Hulu. I think yeah, is what yeah. you're talking about. It's got Nick Offerman in it. Yeah, he's got the orange kind of hair. Yeah, I did. I watched the first episode or two, mm-hmm. and I forgot to come back to it. My bad. Oh. But I did start it. Yes, okay. I did start. That. Okay, I thought so. That was yeah. That's Hulu. So the stuff that they're talking about in there is the technology. We already have access to it, and it's all about who is like who can kind of come up with the nuclear bomb first. It's like who's going to be able to crack the AI code. Whoever does that takes over the world, literally, mm. because of the computation power of this computer is otherworldly. You'll be able to solve problems. You'll be up. Yeah. The what's it called when you an singularity algorithm? I think singularity is when the machines take over um, or the point where humanity and technology merge. There you go. That's I think that's singularity. Yeah, I think that is singularity here on <laughs> technical comment, technology right. commentary switch up today. Um, but algorithm. Or predictions, it uh, the predictions that the computer will be able to do will be so close to, so close to reality that it will basically be able to tell the future, and um, that's quantum computing. Mm. Anyhow, scary but great at the same time. Yes, sir. What a time I, to be alive! What a time to be alive! I'm while I'm alive. I've also been watching <laughs> another episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, still working through Mixed Ish, which I've really been enjoying. Like from mm-hmm. a like talking about race, mixed ish is very, very just like blackish like would hit topics. Mixed ish hits some very interesting topics, but from the viewpoint of how things were in the eighties. Oh, so it, yeah, it's very fascinating. Uh, then uh, so roll, rolling with some GI Joe Renegade, that's been a fun, uh, different take on the GI Joe lore, um, which has an animated show. But uh, no, that's that's what I've been watching. Boom. And today's show is sponsored by Natural Hair the Movie by Grind Over Matter Films. Available to stream on Tubi as well as Roku on demand. Please check it out and leave a review. Now let's jump back into the show. Thank you for tuning in to Filmmaker Commentary. We're talking about Jackie Brown. 1997? Seven. Uh, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino based on the book Rum Punch by Elmore Leonard. Now let's jump into the synopsis. 
What do a sexy stewardess, a street tough gun runner, a lonely bail bondsman, a shifty ex-con, an earnest federal agent, and a stoned out beach bunny have in common? There are six players on the trail of a half a million dollars in cash. The only questions are, who's getting played? Who's going to make the big score? Jackie Brown. And if this is your first time listening to Filmmaker Commentary, please know that there will be spoilers. You've been forewarned. Introduce our cast. Ah, starring (laughs) in Jackie Brown, we have a star-studded cast consisting of one Pam Greer as the title character Jackie Brown, one Samuel L. Jackson Mm -hmm. as Ordell Roby or Robbie. We have Robert Forrester as one Max Cherry. We have Bridget Fonda as Melanie. One Michael Keaton as Ray Nicoletti. One Robert De Niro as Luis Garza. As well as one Michael Bowen as Mark Dargis. And one Chris Tucker as Beaumont as Livingston. Beaumont. Um, yeah. Star set of cast. Yes, you have to give them for seven million? Was seven million dollar budget? Twelve. Twelve. Get a few million. Um how did you watch this film? Did you watch it when it came out or how what did do you remember? I watched this. I think I actually borrowed your copy of it. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't until then. Either I borrowed your copy or I'm positive actually I borrowed your copy mm-hmm. and uh and saw it because you were pretty high on it. You ever seen Jackie Brown? Yeah, I borrowed your copy. That okay. was that would have been between 2011, no, probably 20, 2012, yeah. 2013. Yeah, is I was when buying I, when a I, lot of DVDs at that time. When I first watched it. How about yourself? Uh, I don't even remember. Um, 90, because Pulp Fiction came out, what, 94, 96? Yes, sir. Um, man, I don't, like Jackie Brown... I was in high school, yeah. So, I don't think I was, at the time, really, really into it. It wasn't until later on in the 2000s that I was like, this is my jam. It took it grew on me later. Uh-huh. See, when I first watched it, I was like, all right, yeah, this, this, was, this was cool. Yeah. But now watching this, this second time around, I'm like... Okay, this is woohoo! This is uh, this is pretty awesome. I, I see like Pam Grew's character, and like think about the age. I'm like, oh man, I'm I'm much closer to, I'm you know like her age, right? Like, huh? Yeah, wow. it, it it hits different now. It does, it does, and yeah, because at the time I remember when, um, in cinema people were doing the whole. Cause like with Pulp Fiction, you know, it was like rearranged, like the whole sequences, stuff like that. So you kind of have this towards the end when we see the different perspectives of one have. And at the time you had like, I think Snake Eyes, it came out with uh, Nicolas Cage and it was, do you remember Snake Eyes? Never seen it. Um, it was basically a, a rigged boxing match and you get to see different perspectives of what happened that night with the rigged boxing match. Uh-huh. Um, then you had um, Christopher Nolan's movie that had came out. So like Memento. Yeah. So like all these films that were kind of messing with sequences were kind of like a thing. And I kind of got tired of that. Okay. So when I saw it, like the last sequence, I was like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you, ah, gotcha. it almost felt like for Tarantino, it kind of felt like, okay, you, you only get one Pulp Fiction. There's no need to kind of keep doing that. Sure. 
um, to me, I felt like it was just kind of gimmicky at the time. And just like, you just, you didn't have to do 20 extra minutes for uh, 30 extra <laughs> I was in here for an extra 30 minutes. Could have wrapped this up a little sooner, pal. Mm. Uh, that's how I felt at the time. You know, now that time has gone by, I can appreciate it for what it is. I had forgotten a good chunk of this movie. I right. for, I I knew she got away at the end, but yeah. I, I, for, I already gave the spot. I forgot, you know, certain people die. Like, yeah. oh, oh, you <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. Yes. But now, like, you, you, you had made reference to, Couple episodes back, like Lewis. Yes, Lewis. that is my favorite. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And yeah. I'm like, "Ah, what's he does?" Like, "Oh, this is what Richard was talking about." <laughs> yeah, I'd probably shoot you. God. <laughs> hey, hey, don't say another fucking word. Okay, <laughs> don't, 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 don't say another word, uh, <laughs> Luke. <laughs> oh, disclaimer to our audience now. Uh, you know, there's some quotes in here. It might be a little bit of you know cuss words. So, salty uh, language. Salty language. Alert. I like it. So, if you have any kids or anything in the car, just want to give you a heads up that it might be. It's going to get salty. At least a few lines here and there. We'll probably let you like probably the next several episodes of filmmaker <laughs> commentary. True. We're going to be on a Tarantino like run. Yeah. So, yeah, just a heads up. Absolutely. Earmuffs for, for some. Man, what did you like or not like the film? Uh, I liked, again, I say this a lot of times, but I, I like, I mean, who, who, who wouldn't like this cast? This yeah. is a heck a of a hater. <laughs> fair, fair enough. That's, that's what <laughs> haters do. This is a heck of a cast that has been uh, un- assembled. Yeah. I mean, Pam Greer. I didn't know who Robert Forrester was before this, but I appreciate his performance. Yeah. Samuel L. M. F. N. Jackson. Yeah. Who is just he's fantastic in this. Yeah. Sam is fantastic in this. As he just eats up the screen and his his facial expressions and the, the whole hair thing he has going on. Yeah. Odell. The 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 way again, he and he and Tarantino were like just like made to work together. Again, they mm-hmm. they talk about this a lot. The way that he delivers Tarantino's dialogue, like no other. That's true. And it yeah. just, it's it like, yeah, works. the chemistry is crazy. It absolutely works. You know, again, Bridget Fonda, you know, seeing her in this role, hello, versus, you know, how we saw her in Single White Female. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's like, okay, totally changes up. She's mad pasty in Single White Female. <laughs> she is, is, is toned and tanned. Beach Bunny. Yeah, yeah. And in, in, in this, it was cool to see that, that difference. Uh, Chris Tucker. Though his his, yeah. his role is short, it's <laughs> it's like okay, he came out, did his thing, and he was already on the on the come up. Like yeah, had already done. He already done Friday. Yeah, I think he had already maybe done Money Talks as well, or it was just like the same year because mm. he had this kind of like the same look, right? Except his afro was combed. That's true. That's true. So he kind of had the same look in Money Talks. So it could have been he might have been going back and forth to sets. They say he just came in like real, like low key, like he didn't come in with an ensemble. He just came in literally just to do the work. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because I watched the interview with Tarantino where he, where he talked about that. Yeah, know, how Chris Tucker came in to do his thing. Robert De Niro, I mean, him in such an understated role. Like he didn't. He's he's not the star. Yeah. He's he's not really much a part of the plot until the third act. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's yeah, and then Michael Keaton. Yeah, like I forgot. I got totally Batman for, up in here. Yeah, totally forgot oh, he forgot. was in this. Beetlejuice like, up in the joint. I was like, oh snap, Michael Keaton's in this. I forgot about that. I'm glad you had some surprises watching yeah. this movie. I was like, man, I don't know. I, I I watched it and forgot about it. Basically, <laughs> I was like, huh. 
But this time it it hit differently. Yeah. So I I definitely like that about this film. I uh, uh, I like the sense of of suspense that it that it gives you if you're watching it the first time. Um, of okay, how are we gonna you know that that kind of classic kind of heist vibe? Okay, how how are they gonna pull this thing off? Because we already know Odell ain't playing when it comes to his money. Yeah. Oh, or, or or his or his safety. We we see yeah. based on what happens to 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 Beaumont, Beaumont. like oh Beaumont brains blown out. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Odell is not playing. No, and uh, but yeah, man. How about you? What you uh, what you like about the film? Um, I like Pam. I like Pam Graham being presented to like a new audience at that time because she's older. Hollywood isn't that. Um, I mean, Hollywood can be cold hearted when you become a certain age you know and we see that in people that do like certain surgeries to kind of keep up and it's just it's impossible to do you know you're only 21 once um and so like see, we see her trajectory from like coffee to you know where she has in here and just like just seeing like the natural beauty of an older woman yes sir um still being able to hold it down still be able to handle her business and Got her natural hair going. She's got the native. She's got like Native American features. Yeah, and uh, it's just cool to see. It's still beautiful. Like she's mm -hmm. she's even more attractive now that I'm older. Yeah, she's more attractive in this role now. Before right. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, she still looks good. But now I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing? How you doing, Miss Greer? <laughs> yeah. So just having that out there, seeing a badass black woman be able to hold it down and get away and not be a bunch of like ghetto drama you know what i'm saying it's just yeah. you know just a just a person that's streetwise trying to get her last lick street life <laughs> absolutely uh that's another thing like just the music cues i mean i mean this doesn't get any blacker than that you know some of the music cues man when you <laughs> hey when you drop bobby womack bro yo like i, I get excited because i grew up like my dad would play bobby womack all the time right and it's like like it's something you know, like again, especially living in North Dakota, I'm like, oh man, no, none of these people know who Bobby Womack right, is. Right. But his his songs were so good. I'm like, yeah. man, this guy has some great songs, but That's I would cool. never see him anywhere else outside of my home. I'm like, right. I would never hear him mentioned at award shows or anything. Yeah. The only time I saw Bobby Womack perform was at a Richard Pryor like celebration. And this is already like when Pryor was he was kind of on the last, like kind of the last legs. Yeah. His his um multiple sclerosis that really set in. But I remember seeing Bobby Womack as one of his like Richard Pryor's favorite singers, yeah. and Bobby Womack came out on stage. I'm like, "Yo, yo, Bobby Womack's on stage!" I was like, "We never seen him perform." So yeah, if he's singing in a movie, and they got stuff like, "Okay, like, yeah. okay," Terrence and these Hughes are like, knows what's up. And they're straight geniuses. These Boma Womack, Johnny Taylor, all these people from back in the day, like, yes, sir, they were beyond just a regular musician. You know, they were so much more. Um, also, just I like the like the con that people are playing on each other. Mm. It's like it's like you the more streetwise you are in your sales process and convincing people to kind of do your thing, you get more ahead in the street life. And Pam Greer's got it. You know, she's using her energy to convince Bowman, to convince uh, Robert Forrester's character, to convince um, Cherry Max, <laughs> to convince uh, the cops, the ATF, FBI, whatever, uh, to convince them to get along with the plan. Like she is just working what she got, which is her mouthpiece, and Playing everybody. Yes, and so that was that was I like I like to see that, like seeing someone be sold because. 
Odell wasn't even he wasn't trying to hear none of the stuff she was talking about. But you see her break her down, break them down over about an hour or so. He's like, okay, tell me how I work again, you know. <laughs> so I just like the sales process of convincing somebody to on your your story. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was pretty and cool. and how she chips away at him. She's like, "What? No, I, I told him about you." And he's like, well, "What you do that for?" You know, he's, he's getting upset. But right. she's like, "She already know." But she's working. So, and now it kind of also puts him in this position. Like, okay, you you could try and kill me, but how are you gonna get your money over here? So he figures out where the leverage is at. I'm like, all right. Yeah. But it's also, yeah, man. I I appreciate like the the little reveals that happen. Like when 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 Odell's just finished talking with. With um, Jackie at the mall, and yeah. he's walking away, and then he sees Max come up, right? And just like the look on his face, like, like What's this shit? yeah, <laughs> and, and, and he stops, kind of stops at the corner, and he he says he like Sam gets that look in his eye when when his eyes narrow like a yeah. snake, yeah. like he's looking, he's just watching. I just I don't know. It's like I, I dig that scene, just kind of how that unfolds. But you get those little those little reveals of. Mm-hmm. Okay, he he sees and knows. This. Okay, will this come back to bite them later on? And, uh, who knows? Man, yes, sir. So this was this had a lot of special features. Yeah. Oh yeah, this one is is loaded with features. Now you know, heads up, this is not one that has a commentary, but this is one of those fortunate instances where there is enough supplemental material on the Blu-ray where it can. It can kind of replace uh, what a commentary does. So here's 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 some of the features on the the Blu-ray. Over three hours of bonus features, including breaking down Jackie Brown. That's just a uh, a group of of critics uh, who are sitting around with with Elvis Bishop and they're talking about the movie. I didn't. You know, I that was like it's like an hour long. It's like fifty four minutes. I didn't watch all that because I didn't care about I didn't care about hearing all these people's opinions. I, I listened for the first ten minutes. I'm like I, I don't like these people. I like Elvis so, Mitchell, but I didn't like the other people. It's like them. Yeah, I don't think that one was on the DVD. Uh, so, but I did have the intro by Quentin Tarantino on the DVD. See, I don't think that's on here. I didn't. I didn't see that on here. Uh-huh. It, it seemed like it should have been because he, when he does the uh, behind the scenes uh-huh. and extra and deleted scenes, he does introduce those because he said, "Okay, now this is like, okay." He clearly did intro because I know on Pulp Fiction he does the same thing. Right. So I don't know why that's not on here, but because eh. it was like the DVD, like yeah, because apparently it took like five years for this DVD to come out. Hmm. From, from that date so you're like thanks for waiting da, 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 da. here it is huh interesting so there's also uh jackie brown how it went down mm-hmm. that's a nice i watched that one that one was good yeah that's a nice overview with interviews with different members of the of the of the, the casting crew of how they how they created jackie brown how different people auditioned and so on uh, again it's a retrospective featuring interviews with quentin tarantino pam greer robert forrester samuel jackson robert de niro bridget fonda michael keaton and even elmore leonard the author of uh rum punch and of course, different crew members. There's also a look back at Jackie Brown, an interview with Quentin Tarantino. That's actually a, a good interview with him because yeah. he's talking about different people, different actors who are involved in the process. And uh, yeah, that was that was that was that was about thirty minutes, I think. There's also chick the chicks with guns video. So basically, yeah. when we're with when we're with Odell and Luis and uh, Melanie in her house, her her home, and they're watching that video with the chicks with guns and and. Uh, Odell's breaking down, you know. Oh, this is this gun. This is how I get how, how I pay for it, how much I sell it for. Forty seven. But yeah, but that is a, they have that whole featurette like right. shot. And you the could you thing. could you could watch that as well. There's also 
Um, I was also uh, Siskel and Ebert at the movies where they cover a Jackie Brown review. It's also Jackie Brown on MTV. It's also Marketing Stills. Or a marketing gallery There's a steals gallery There's a trivia track Which I started watching And ladies and gentlemen There was so much trivia on there I was like oh I can't I already had a lot of trivia written down Like I can't write down more yeah. But I want to go back and finish watching Because it was really interesting stuff uh, I was like this is actually really interesting There's also deleted and additional scenes There's also I mean, They don't actually have this listed on the back of this There is a whole series of Pam Greer trailers About four 12 to 15 trailers of her different movies through the decades. Nice. Uh, you can go in and, and, and watch it. And you, say, you know, these are some, some of the trailers a little racy. I was actually surprised. I was like, whoa, these trailers are not <laughs> censored. Like, that's okay. Anyway, right. but right. so there's, there's that. And then there is also like even some radio spots for some of her movies. I was like, man, this is a lot of Pam Tarantino Greer love. Tarantino loves some Pam Greer. No doubt. So now, and that comes through on the Blu-ray. So yeah, a fantastic purchase. I got mine used at a movie trading company. $7.99. Cut the check, movie trading company. Cut the check. But you could also order it uh, from... I looked on Amazon. It was kind of hard to... They had versions on Amazon, but <clears throat> they were like... The shipping was like... You know, I wonder if there's something out or whatever. I wonder if there's something going on with like the copywriting of this film because I tried to stream it, wasn't available to stream. Yeah, that which was is wild. like kind of unheard of for a very popular director movie. Like what? Um, I wonder if there's something kind of <clears throat> between Miramax and Weinstein or whatever that company. Oh, or, a distribution thing. Or if somebody had some rights and doesn't want to let it go. I don't know, but it was it wasn't available to stream, which most of Tarantino's films are available to stream. Yeah, I found that funny because I surely tried to do that first just to, to watch it. But I was like, man, this is not anywhere. Not yeah. even to, to rent digitally. Like nothing. But um, but you also at Target and Walmart both have it available to purchase as well on their website. So a couple of sources if you're looking to acquire one Jackie Brown. Yeah, I just ended up just using my old DVD that I had, the double disc set. And eh, still good. Okay. Um, from a tone standpoint, what tone do you think they were trying to achieve that Tarantino achieved in this film? So I put a, um, so a black exploitation kind of tone to it, as mm-hmm. well as uh, is action with a little bit of biting humor and, of course, the sharp dialogue mm-hmm. and the, the typical Tarantino kind of pacing and dialogue. True. Yeah, dialogue. I put like the he's kind of known for those long tracking shots. He usually has one or two. Uh, in his movie, in this film, it was like the intro. We were introduced to Pam Greer's character right away, and you know she's running in the terminal. Like, what's she? Why is she running? What's she running away from? Well, initially, she's just. It's like kind of cool. She's, she's just, just like, like standing, yeah, and then the, the, the little like a. It's not even an escalator. It's not going up. It's just a moving. Yeah, like do you have an airport moving so you floor. can walk faster? Exactly, it's just moving you along. It's just like yeah. her, like they're kind of just gliding, like just smooth. Uh-huh. It's showing kind of her power and grace. She's like just. You know, they got the music going. And then all of a sudden you see her begin to move, like break into a bit of a run. It, what makes it bearable is because it has music. It's the Bobby Wymack song. So, Oh, yeah. So, like, that song is going on. What's the name of the song again? Uh, 110th Street. So, that song is playing, and it's just like, you, 
You just see her profile shot going. She's on this thing, kind of like jamming along to it. Yeah. And then as the song go, the song is telling you, you know, just kind of giving you a vibe for, you know, their street life and doing all. Oh, yeah. So, okay, these, this is a movie about the hustlers, you know. And so we see her going, and then all of a sudden she picks up the speed and, like, she starts walking fast. And it makes you wonder, okay, what, is this Is this some kind of danger? Uh-oh, what's happening? <laughs> and then she's, boom, just actually getting to work. Yeah. Like, oh, oh. Wait a minute. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of like Tarantino's long tracking shots. We've seen that in Pulp Fiction with uh, with Bruce Willis' character and uh, some of his other films. So, yeah. His style is all on his thing from the feet shots. Of course. You got to have the feet. <laughs> got to have the feet all up on uh, uh, Bridget Fonda's feet and toes. And also, even like Pam Greer is barefoot quite a bit uh, when she's at home. First, she was kicking off the shoes. But, yeah, that's all. Those, those, um, Standards, the Tarantino standards are there. He can really have his own his own set of tropes. That's true. Um, themes, only had a couple. Yeah, I've only got like two. I've got No Honor Amongst Thieves and Not Too Old. Not Too Old. Um, I have a theme of I Can't Afford to Start Over, Start Over Again. Mm. And visually you see that with... Um, well, Max Cherry's at Jackie Brown's house, and he's like, you ain't heard of an invention called CDs? And then she has these records. See, I've got a few. And then she was like, I can't afford to start all over again. Yeah. And so that's, and you know, talking about the music, but in life, too, you know, this is it. Even the cops are telling her, you know, if I was a 40-something, you're old black, black woman, woman, I wouldn't be, I don't think you have that many chances. She's only making $16 an hour. Yeah. Wow! Didn't necessarily light the world on fire. Like, ooh, yeah. I was this like, man, you get getting personal, homie. Uh, uh. <laughs> How about that knife in the gut? But um, even, but even then, like, it's not only her, but even like with Odell, yeah. he's he's all about trying to get out the game. Like, this is his nest egg. He's trying to retire and get out. So that's the next thing, retirement. You know what I mean? Mm. So I was going to say, yeah. So it's like, okay, these are people that are. Even Odell, you know, he's trying to, he even says about retirement, he's like, man, I just want to get my money and spend the rest of my life spending. Yeah. You know, so everybody has a plan for like their retirement, how they're going to get out the game. Even even Max. Max is like, yeah. oh, you know, I, I'm, I was sitting and waiting for this guy and I'm thinking like, what am I doing with myself? I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Like, I decided I'm going to, I'm going to get out. I can relate to like the conversations, um, cause I talked about that in just my industry when it comes to certain niches. Like, okay, I don't want to do, you know, we talk about weddings and things like that. It's like, you feel yourself aging out. Mm. I felt that in one of my uh, shoots. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't I don't feel right here anymore. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's time to move on. I don't think I belong here anymore. Yeah, you know, certain gigs, you can be there and you're just like, ah, this is temporary. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was at a bad spot. Let me get it. <laughs> So, uh, so I can relate to that, you know. Nice, nice. Um, what? Where am I at? Um, oh, I do have like the director point of view. Of course. Uh, so, from a director point of view, uh, Tarantino, he he was saying that it it it's not necessarily a black exploitation film, but its tone is black exploitation. It's taken from black exploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said also this film was more like kind of like a hangout movie, like Rio Bravo. Um, cause at first you're trying to, when you first watch a film, you're trying to get to the plot, like, okay, what's, plot. what's going on? And then around your second or third time watching, you're like, oh, okay, we're just, 
You're waiting for the scene so you can hang out with your favorite characters. Exactly. We're hanging out with these characters. Yeah. And so is that kind of Tarantino's uh, viewpoint. Do you have any favorite scenes or memorable scenes? Why, yes, I do. Well, I got a few. I should have had more. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I think I, I like the movie as a whole, but... Uh, hmm. I can say... One of mine is, uh, you know, Odell is talking to Melanie in the apartment. And this is our first time, you know, being introduced to Odell and Melanie and Lewis in the apartment. And anytime the landline phone rings, uh, Odell expects Melanie to pick up the phone, you know, and she's just so reluctant to do it. He wants to give him a hard time. Like, you ain't going to answer the phone. And so it's for you. Yeah. So she gives a hard time. by it's like, that ain't the point. You need to answer the phone. That's your job. And, um. The second time the phone rings, it's ringing and it's just ringing. And he's looking at her, and then he looks at the phone and he just starts blinking, like <laughs> just like his physical comedy is great. But he's just like, what you know, you gonna get that? You know, it's hilarious. Or when she actually answers it the first time, and she's like, "Hello, it's for you." Yeah, it reminded me of uh, Ad Zola when uh, hey. she's like. When she opens up the door, she's like, "Okay, all right, you're good." You know, oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got, I got that, got that vibe from. He's like, "That was for you." Yeah, I got another. He's ready. Uh, he's ready. He ready. He ready. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a, ref, a reference to Zola um, in the tropes. Aha. Uh, so when I put Jackie and Odell light fl- light fight. Okay, all right. So yeah, this is when. Yeah, this is when he is at her apartment, mm-hmm. and um, you know he's 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 there he's there threatening. Basically, he's thinking about killing her. Oh no! When the gloves come on, he's yeah. got he's got he, his, someone's about to die. He's got his killer gloves on. <laughs> he's there, and, the he's, and he's trying on. to he's trying to you know play. <laughs> hey, Jackie! Yeah. He's trying to you know play cool, whatever. And the way that he keeps turning down the lights uh, it makes it real she, ominous. Yeah, and then she turns the back like this is this cat and mouse game that yeah. they're playing. Um, I had one of those lamps like that too. I was yeah, like, oh, I remember these. Yes, yeah. the same exact lamp. But just the cat and mouse and the way the camera's moving around them—that it's it's a it's a cool scene. It's yeah. very cool. I'm like, all right. And then she's, you know, dance. Like she's not literally dancing, but she's you know just oh, evading around and and um and when the lights are out, finally, like she, you know, he's she gets the gun. Mm-hmm. And he has cocked and it's towards you know toward on him. He's like, is that a is that a is that a gun in my porch? You know, <laughs> you know I was like, oh man, it's just yeah, it, it's well played. Absolutely. Um, I like the the when Max goes to get uh, Jackie out of jail, bond her out, bail her out, and then we discover you know she's asking who who who's bailing me out of jail and all that stuff. But as she's walking towards Max, we see a a slow close up on his face. It's like. Like, who is this? You know, that's kind of the look that he has. But they're playing that song. Is that the Delphonics is playing? Um, it's a song by the Something Brothers. It's, it's a Something Brothers. They, they actually had showed on the trivia track. Oh, said okay. their names. Something Brothers. The, Take to the sky, you're the natural high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it says, why do I keep my mind on, every, on you every time and I don't even know you? And I was like, this song is like dope. And then she's like just walking towards us. So Tarantino says like, 
I thought that's Max kind of falling in love with her. That's like kind of that's what I took. That's perspective that I took. Like, oh, who is this? Like, he's he's like, who is this? But Tarantino's like, no, this is the introduction of Jackie of Brown. Her, yeah. yeah, like this yeah. is her movement. She's walking like in sync to the time and the beat. But other some audiences took it as oh. But I'm like, well, it makes it it makes you think that because it cuts. When it cuts to his expression and, and it's moving in, yeah, and you can see it in his face, like he's so like he's, he's he's no longer like the hard guy, hard nosed guy. He's just like it's kind of opened up, like who is this? And we moving in closer. So if we didn't do if they didn't do that, and it was just on Jackie Brown. Then exactly, it's Jackie Brown scene. Exactly, but yeah, when it cuts back to him, then that that gives you that feeling of oh, he's feeling her, and the fact that there's there's something there clearly, even at the the very end, you're like oh no, he was feeling her. Yeah. So and that happened from that first moment he saw her. Yeah, with the soundtrack. Yeah, but uh, there's that. In my other my other favorite scene is uh, just when Odell kills Beaumont. Oh yeah, you know, getting him to get in get in the trunk, <laughs> and uh, you know, Beaumont's not feeling that. Yeah, it's like uh, what's the what's the line? And he says like you um. You, just, you caught it off guard. You caught, so. a, you caught a nigga off guard this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting in no dirty ass, ass trunk. trunk. <laughs> but so he finally gets to get in there, he slams the trunk on him. Hey, motherfucker. <laughs> slams the trunk into on him. <laughs> and then, yeah, right? And then when he, then when Odell gets back in the car. Yeah. Slowly puts the gloves on. Like This is a process. Like he's going to yes. kill this guy. And he's kind of enjoying it. He's got the music playing. Yeah. He even looks back and he gets this smirk on his face. And like, oh, this guy's so dead. Yeah. He's like enjoying the process. And then he, and then the way the camera, it pans up. Yeah. It's so cool. They established the angle. The crane the shot. Pans up. And the car just go, drives around. Just pulls into the, like right in the, in the back. And like just. This little like industrial area. Yeah, I don't know if they're like, doing oil or I don't know what it is they're like, doing over there. Like a hundred feet away. Yeah. Pulls in there, through 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 hits some bumps, and then he gets out, walks around. Now here's something I found out. Originally there was originally some dialogue there where um Beaumont was originally gonna try and shoot Odell. Mm-hmm. And Odell was moving out the way and they had some exchange and then but then Tarantino decided not to go with that and just have him just bah, bah, bah. Yeah. And have it from a distance, so it seems more voyeur, voyeur, voyeuristic yeah. from our standpoint as audience. It kind of removes us from the violence a little bit too. True. And then he just gets back in. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. In this one, we don't really see a bunch of graphic violence like that. It's always off screen, or we're not privy to see the deep, gross details of the of what happens. Very true. That's very true. It's it's uh yeah, the, which is not Tarantino like in some regard. That's true. Um. Yeah, and it's yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah. It's primarily Odell, but you know, Louis <laughs> gets in on the action towards the Absolutely. end. Absolutely, but uh, yeah. um, what's another favorite scene? Um, I like how when Odell's getting out of his, out of the vehicle to go to a bar, and it's now we're stepping into Jackie's world. And it's got, I don't know what music is playing, but it's got some good music. It's got a good vibe. We jump into the bar. It's good music throughout the whole movie. Man, you know, Dale, he's like, man, I, I like this place, you know? So she's like, yeah, you on my turf. Basically, it's like, you on my turf now. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm running this show. So it's, mm. it's interesting to see how he interact with her, how the other guys are interacting with her, and how she's like, yeah, you know, whatever. She's kind of playing it off, She, but she's got this thing down in her world. Oh, yeah. I, so I liked... The scene where 
It's towards the end of the film, and now Luis is, is and is driving with Odell. He's giving him the bag, and he asks him, "Where's Where's Melody at?" You know, and this is you know this is <laughs> Bobby De Niro, you know, doing yeah. his thing. He's mm, yeah, shit, you know, <laughs> he's like, "What? Where, where's she at?" at? Yeah, I had a shooter. <laughs> and just, uh, again, this is Odell's reaction, Samuel L. Jackson's reaction. When he when he looks at him, like it, it's a combination of confusion, <laughs> shock. And he's like, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Uh, she got a little mouthy and yada, yada, yada. You know, and I had a shooter. And, he, and, and, and Lewis is just matter of fact. He's like, you can slap. You can slap her. You know, like he's like, like, like trying to throw out different options, alternatives he could have yeah. taken. He's yeah. like, no, because then she was, you know, you know, giving me a hard time about not knowing what the cars had. And yeah, yeah. And he's he was just so I, I, I had to, you know. Dang. So she did, and he's like, okay, was she is she dead? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, okay, wait. This can't be no thing where you were wondering. You know, he goes, well, how'd you shoot it? Yeah, two in the chest and one. Yeah, yeah. And it is. I don't know. Just the way that unfolds, and then of course. You know, Odell opens that bag. Yeah. Sees a couple of the stacks. Yeah. And then moves the towel and a bunch of books. <laughs> like, where's the rest? And then the suspension, you know, that tension comes in. Right. And then and, and, and now Luis, Luis, like for the first time, is like really standing up for himself. Yeah. And he's like, and he's he's like, how dare you ask me that? Because he, he, Odell asked him something, but you said you sure Melanie ain't out just uh, <laughs> <laughs> Melanie ain't out on a spending spree with my money. He's like, if you've asked me that, like he, yeah. now he's getting defensive and say, man, and then Odell's finally like, pull over. Yeah, you know, you know, and you know what's going bad. He was now time to put gloves on, but you know something bad. Somebody's gonna get hurt. Yeah, they pull over, and finally it, it ends with. Uh, you know, like he is just one shot. This is bah, like right in the gut. Yeah, that sucks. And again, like we don't, we don't see like the blood, like you know, nope. gushing everywhere. But we know that the the, the deed's done. That's all it takes was one of the abdomen. Yeah. And and then Odell, he says to, he says to man, what happened to you, man? You used to be beautiful. Your ass used to be beautiful. <laughs> I was like, Dad, come that that line. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, that that scene was 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 quite awesome to me. Um. The trial exchange. I like the when they when Jackie's trying to she's going to the mall to do the exchange with the money. We see one of the was a Sharonda, like kind of like crackish looking girl, and then yeah. we <laughs> and then I forgot the other lady's name. Uh, was it Pam or something like that? That who actually had the real money, but she actually ran off with the money. <laughs> Mm. And nobody could reach her anymore. It was the one that was the one. Like, baby love, my baby love. Oh uh, yeah, Sharonda. Sh- no, Sharonda was I think the crackhead girl. But next to, on yeah, the, she's uh, the one who's singing like the Motown stuff. Was that Pam or I don't know? I, I can't remember her name. But either way, she Sim- ran off. Simone. Simone. She runs off with the money, and so that's how Melanie got in <laughs> on the action. Because he finds it like he's on the phone when he finds out. We can't find what where's she at? No, that was can't, we can't find anyone. Might get a hold of us. <laughs> <laughs> She's uh, gone. So I just like the re- reveal of like how that all plays out. And as it plays out, we we think Sharonda has the money. He's like, oh, I don't know if we can trust that lady with the money, you know. She looked like she in need of some drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh but then we see Simone 
is the person that really has the money and she goes off with it. And then we see Robert Forrester, uh, Max, he's like, huh, it can work. Exactly. He sees the he sees the game. And then one last like kind of memorable scene. It reminds me of the Zola movie, um when uh Pam uh when uh, Jackie Brown and Odell she's like mad because was it Simone? Was she mad because of Simone? Was one like kind of that pulls off the bag, and she wasn't or she wasn't ready for that. She didn't know that she was going to be the one to pull. Up. I think that's what they were, she was mad about. Oh, they switched uh, switch things up or whatever. Yeah, and so she was mad about that. So when they had their argument, they go outside on the balcony yes. and close it, and we see that in Zola, like the pimp and yeah, and uh, what's the girl's name? What's like Taylor Taylor Page, but I can't remember the actress. Annie or oh, uh, she's Zola, right? No, it's a black girl. She's not. She's not Zola. A black girl, Zola. Yeah. So it was Zola and the oh, pimp. Yeah. It was Zola and the pimp. Remember, on the balcony, and there, mm. and he's t- kind of giving her the gun and all this other stuff. And with, oh, that's true. Yeah, he put her in charge and stuff like that. So same scene, and I was like, oh, there's some, there's some parallels to. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, and but we don't, but we hear more of uh, Max and Ode- uh, Jackie Brown and and uh, Odell. We hear their conversation a little bit more, but on the Zola, we don't really hear their conversation. It's kind of muted out. Mm. Same kind of shot. Ocean in the background on the patio. That's true. The pimp talking to one of his women. Mm. I like. I like when, and uh, maybe in the same scene, but like when when Odell. He, at one point, he puts his hands like on Jackie. Yeah, and she's like, "Get your hands off my, my neck, nigga!" I was like, "Oh, it's the way that she said yeah. it's like, like she goes, he has to go to another level because yeah. she's, she's, you know, she's strong and powerful, but she's she's pretty classy for the most part. But yeah. then she has to. Oh no, she got to go. She got to go to a street. My my toe. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, I just I, I I like the delivery. Yeah, that yeah that was on the the scene when he kept dimming the lights down and all that mm. stuff. That's when she pulled out the gun. Yeah, get your hands off my throat, Nick. And got the heat to back it up. I'm like, oh, you getting you getting coffee right now? Yeah, you you get you getting coffee. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what kind of tropes did you see in this film? Well, Tarantino's films have uh, some set tropes. So I got one trope of crooked cops. Yeah. Um, the reveal of when we're when we see Odell, Melanie, and Lewis all together. Odell has a drink, and then he pulls a. It's a close up of the drink, and then when he pulls a drink away, away, we see Melanie's feet. And he's like, "Oh, we're in a Tarantino movie." So mm-hmm. you know, seeing the those reveals like that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I have women smoking, and when I, I this, it's kind of made me realize it in this film. Obviously, Jackie Brown, she smokes a lot. And frequently and takes you know long deep drags and then it made me think of Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction mm. um, I know it happens in other films as well but I seem to think of like with like women smoking cigarettes uh, mm-hmm. in his films or maybe just smoking period maybe in his films so yeah um, I have one of my last tropes is I'm sure there's more but um, so with the chicks who love guns video I've noticed I don't know if this is like a trope that kind of happens is um, those like weird videos like that are playing on the TV and we're being entertained through the characters 
of these little weird videos. So in this one, it's the chicks who love guns video that Odell keeps watching. In the movie Zola, remember those girls that were in the car and they're like stuck in the mud and they have like these yeah, swimsuits yeah, yeah. on? You're, You're like, right. what kind of movie is this? <laughs> what are they watching? You are totally right, man. That's man. That Zola has some definite Jackie Brown tropes going on. That like, pimp those reminds are me like of di- Odell. Those are almost like direct homages, it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be very curious to see what that director's thoughts are on Jackie Brown. Oh. Mm-hmm. Those are great catches, man. But you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, I have a couple, you had any more tropes? Um, nope. That's it. I got, that's all I got. All right, I got a couple more here. I got old school music playing. I've got, um, again, you already mentioned like the, the women's feet. Um, the transition title cards. That seems to be a, a trope at times in Tarantino film. Mm, it says, okay, right. we're at this location or this location. or So yeah. that's happening uh, throughout the film. And a little bit, some, some kind of time jumps, where, or at least like towards the end where we see the three different perspectives of mm-hmm. how the, the money was handed off. Mm-hmm. Those are the tropes that I got. Quotes. Quotes. Did you have anything on the visuals? We don't oh, we like his style? That. Yeah. Like the long tracking shots is kind of what I put like as far as style. Here's something that I noticed on on my copy of the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's one shot in particular, and it's it's actually it's actually during that same scene where Jackie's coming out of the prison and Max is standing there. Mm-hmm. But I noticed, and this is in a couple of, of of scenes in the film where there's a lot of noise. Like it's 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 uh, noise. I don't know if that's the blue, the transfer yeah. of the Blu-ray. Yeah, but you can you can see like even like on his face or and even. Like it's like you see like this. It's yeah, not, it's the grain. Yeah, but it's but it's it's very. I hadn't I hadn't seen it that noticeable. It's probably on, a bad transfer. Uh, that's what made me think. I was like, maybe this is the issue with the transfer. But it's it's there's a couple of spots in the film where you can you can see it. But in particular in that, and it's in, it's in usually during nighttime. But there's even one during the day. I think even towards the end when Lewis and um, Odell are heading towards the. Um, and when he picks them up when they're heading somewhere. But that the scene in particular with well, on Max's face, like mm-hmm. there's I'm like, what is that? What? Anyway, but it's kinda weird. But I noticed it a couple times oh, on the transfer. That's not good. Yeah. No. It's a little distracting, honestly. Not good at all. As far as quotes go, uh, this one is for Odell. And you made re- kind of allusion to it earlier, but it says, When you absolutely gotta kill every motherfucker in the room except no substitutes. <laughs> Uh, I like when he talk about that one. Um, it, it was, uh, I think they were talking about a nine millimeter or something like that. And he was just like, man, they, on, on this little uh, TV show, he's like, man, they, they, they actually say that shit. Uh, the most used, uh, a gun in American crime or something crime. like that. <laughs> so they say like, they proud of this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyhow, um, uh, Odell when he goes to visit uh, Beaumont and then it's Chris Tucky chilling you know comes to the door and, what's up OD what's up OD he did Odell's like look at your free ass <laughs> <laughs> um, oh so this is a, again this is a Max Cherry talking to I think he's talking to Odell and he just Odell's going on kind of you know laying his spiel on him and, and Odell just says is white guilt supposed to make me forget that I'm running a business no I guess it's like that yeah 
okay, okay. I was like, wow, I guess not. Yeah. Uh, um, still oh, the same Odell scene with Beaumont, and then they're talking about the gun crime because Beaumont is scared for his life. He done told the cops about everything so far. Where where the pickups happening is how Jackie gets knocked off uh, at the very beginning because mm. Beaumont then told her that's why the cops are waiting for her. Oh yeah, um, and so uh, Odell's talking to Beaumont about the crimes. Like, um, how did he said how old is that machine gun crime? And then uh, Beaumont was like, yeah, it's about three years. You know, they ain't, and then Odell's like, they ain't worried about you. That's an old crime. <laughs> Just mm. Try to convince him to you know, then he has nothing to worry about. Mm. Disarming, I. Odell's good at disarming people. Mm-hmm. He he'll, he'll, he'll use that angle at first, and then doesn't. Then turns dark. Uh, again, we uh, made reference to that quote from getting your hands around my neck. She goes, "You know, you know as well." She goes, "Well, you thought right. You know, get your hands from around my neck." I go. Um, Odell has to go bail Jackie Brown out of jail. So he has to make a trip back to Max's spot, the bail bondsman. And so, um, you know, he's already sitting at uh, Max's desk. Max is uh, using the restroom. So he's coming out and he's surprised Odell's there and we hear the toilet flushing. And then Odell's like, uh-uh-uh, I didn't hear you wash your hands. Mm. I, I use that line on my kids all the time when they come out of the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nah, I almost wanted to use it on somebody at work the other day. I saw him come out of the stall and then right out the door. I'm like, do it. Nasty. I need you wash your hands. Mm. Mm -mm. He's smiling too. He called him. It was great. Oh, yeah. Okay, Luce. That was, those were Melody's last words. Yes. (laughs) Where's the car, Luis? Luis, where's the car, Luis? Don't don't say another fucking word. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Luis. Oh, damn. I forgot about that. <laughs> and then he shoots her, then goes in for another like kill shot to make sure she's dead. That's that. And then he walks off. He's like, see, it's right there. Exactly what I thought it was. Oh, <laughs> wow. Like this dude is, he's, he's, he's done. <laughs> he's done. It's like, oh man, but she, man, but she's, uh, I hate to say, I don't feel bad for her. I'm like, she, she, uh, I don't see after that, but she, she, yeah, she, she pushes like, yo, this, you no, you're going, you, you should have stopped. Yeah. While you were ahead, but she thought she was untouchable. Man, she was like, "No wonder why you got caught." Yeah, <laughs> she was. No wonder why you went to him. prison. You're in moron. She was tearing him down. Where I'm is like, it, Lewis? No, don't say no fucking word. <laughs> okay, Lewis. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Man, yeah, uh, yeah. It's the timing of that. The way she, you know, hits the ground. That's like, oh man, that's a. Uh, Cause he he stops, turns around at her, and then aims, and then God, God, I'm like, dang. When back to the scene when um, when Odell's trying to kill Jackie, uh, Jackie Brown, and then the tables have turned because she's got the gun, she's got the one up on him, and then she said, uh, she said, you was trying to kill, you was trying to kill me, and then he was like, you know, I was just playing with you. She was like, sit your raggedy ass down. <laughs> 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 and shut the f up. Mm. And so she made him sit down, and she just kind of laid it out what's going to happen. Mm. It's taking control again. This is uh, towards the end with, uh, I mean, after Ordell has shot Lewis and says, "Man, what the f happened to you, man? To you, man? Your ass used to be beautiful." Yeah. 
And so, man, it, pay, it, pay, it pains me he had to do that. Yeah. Man, he. Uh, one of my last quotes uh, when Odell um, was in Jackie's place at the bar and he said, Damn, Jackie, I bet you come here on a Saturday and you got to have nigger repellent to keep them, <laughs> them off your ass. Yeah. <laughs> she said, I do all right. He said, You do far better than all right. Fine <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Sam, Sam nails these lines, man. He does. So last last uh, quote from me is for also from Mordell. When he's on the run now and he's mm-hmm. he's at um uh old girl's place. Uh Melanie? No, this is a Simone? I uh, know it's the other Sharonda. One. There you go. We'll play Will of I've watched this movie Will a couple of, times. Will of Informants. Yes. yes. Yeah, he's at her place and he's 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 there and he's like ah. How do you live like this? <laughs> like what? He goes like this. He goes, "This some repugnant shit." <laughs> that's a strong word. Yeah. That word is like, yeah, that's kind of let you know it's it's bad in there, man. <laughs> do you have any questions for our director? I actually do not. Great. I'm um, quite satiated with the uh, with the results. I know that uh, obviously when Jackie Brown is in Spain. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if Max will ever show up there. Oh, maybe in a, maybe you give it some time, some space, maybe a year or so. Yeah, maybe Max would show up and try and find her. <laughs> but I think she's she's gonna be living her best life. Trivia. I only got a few. Ooh, I got plenty. Uh, okay. Um. So there's a movie that Lewis and Melanie are watching in their apartment. It's called Dirty Mary, Crazy Harry, and it's starring her father. Uh, Bridget Fonda's father, Peter Fonda, mm-hmm. as Bridget Fonda's dad, and um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting that that's playing and that's what they're watching, like watching her dad on the screen. Mm. All right, check this trivia. I got this from the trivia track. Wow, the name Miramax is an homage to mm-hmm. Miriam and Max, who are the Weinstein brothers' parents. Yeah, I mean, they have fallen. I mean, not they, but at least. Harvey wants it's fallen from grace far from that, huh? Yeah, holy crap! Yes, sir. Um, the half a million dollars in the bag is real, is a half a million dollars in real life. Tarantino keeps it real, that changes everything because when you have a bag of just fake money, that's different, like it feels different when you have real money in a bag like that. You know they probably had some security there. They they came, they checked that money there. That's they oh, yeah. perhaps somebody there. The, the line producer day. had to be on top of that because I mean that's money for that's the budget money. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh of course this movie is based on the book Rum Punch by Elmore Leonard. And Elmore Leonard has had over twenty of his books adapted into films. Wow. Um speaking of which Tarantino was scared to show the screenplay to the writer because Tarantino had changed the name of the of the book to Jackie Brown instead of Rum Punch and he made the main character black which in Rum Punch she's a white woman yes sir uh, movies like Get Shorty are also a part of Elmore Leonard's um, books I like were it adapted. I like it yeah I can see why so many people like his stuff yes sir um uh, so Greer and Forrester both auditioned for previous Tarantino films. Uh, Greer, she auditioned for uh, the role in Pulp, in Pulp Fiction as oh, the right. she would have been the girlfriend to uh, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, that was the one when uh, when uh, John Travolta was like, "That's your girl. That's your wife. The one with all the shit in the face." 
Come out the piercings. But she didn't get the role because Tarantino didn't think that she'd be she mm-hmm. fit the role being bossed around. Like she, had, she would let someone like Eric that's Stone true. boss her around. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That doesn't nah. make sense. <laughs> Your no. coffee. But Before. he said, we'll definitely work together again in the future. And likewise, uh, uh, Forrester, he he was going to play the, the oldest member of the of the the guys in the Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Uh, but that, but it didn't, he didn't quite fit that role. But Tarantino said, we'll work together. And he's man of his word. Boom. Um. Sam Jackson always brings plenty of preparation to his character roles, especially look. The look of Ordell was primarily Sam, even like the hair in particular. Um, I noticed trivia. Um, If you look, uh, when we first are in Melanie's uh, apartment, Odell goes to the refrigerator to get something to drink. He opens the, the, the door towards us, the frame towards the audience. And it's, it's Samuel Jackson in the in naked in a bathtub. I, I saw that too. I was like, what? what the, this is random. Yeah. I noticed that. Also. I don't know what, what, how that was part of the plot or. Well, knowing that this is Melody's place. Yeah. Like her home. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why that that's it's so that strange. Way. It reminds me of the Tupac, uh, Shot, it's a famous shot of him in the tub. The camera's above him. He's supposed to be naked in there, but it's like private areas covered in like gold. And that was like a that was like a real famous picture of Tupac. But that's what the Odell shot reminded me of. Mm, interesting. Um, so Quinn had a switch day on set where all the male cast and crew members wore skirts or dresses, and that helped release relax the tension on set. Yeah, yeah. Seems like they had a lot of had a lot of fun on that crew. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, Michael Keaton's character Nicoletti also showed up in Out of Sight, the movie Out of Sight, which is uh, also an Elmore Leonard book. Oh, I like it. Mm-hmm. That's actually pretty cool. Uh, I want to watch that film now. I, I looked at like some of the credits, and that was you know it made money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm interested because in that film. The guy, who was the guy he was talking to? So you had Jennifer Lopez in that scene. Uh, you had Michael Keaton. I can't think of the other guy's name who had the big mustache. But he was in Get Shorty. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was in Get Shorty. Yeah, that guy's a good actor. I've seen him in something else that I watched recently as well. He was in Snatch. The movie mm. Snatch with Brad Pitt. Okay, okay. Uh, there was another bit of trivia that I wanted to have her that I didn't write down. Uh, but it related to the films uh damn i didn't write that um there's an, another book by by elmore that actually introduced the characters of lewis and oh, yeah it was a previous i can't think of the name of the title but basically they were telling the switch the switch they were telling bridget fonda to look at that to read that book so she can get more background on her character mm-hmm yeah, because apparently that's where like they they all kind of meet, um, and that's the thing when that when that book happens, I think that's when the bank robbery happens that eventually got Lewis put in jail. Dang. And so then we we fast forward X amount of years forward, and that's where we get Rum Punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's it. to me, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Little, this little universe he brought those characters back for that, and they're, they're older, he said, but not necessarily wiser. Mm. Uh, also, Tarantino says that he made this movie 
for black audiences primarily. And like when the movie was screening, he was at the Magic Johnson Theater. Yeah. And he was constantly going back and forth, like yeah. just, just listening to audiences like react to different parts to it. And uh, he said at one point he he you know went to one of the screenings and he was you know there's one you know black girl sat down and he and he, he there was a seat next to him he goes is anybody in this seat and at first and she was like yeah it's taken and then she recognized who he was she's like actually no you can sit down here so <laughs> he sit down next to her and so they were watching the film and while as it was playing she was asking like did you write that he's like yeah and another part would come did you write that yeah and then after one scene took place I forgot which scene it was but then afterwards he asked her he goes did you did that make sense to you do you understand she goes you know it's a Tarantino movie he goes you, you don't know what the fuck's going on dude you know what the fuck's going on <laughs> he, was like, he was like oh okay but he, he he enjoyed he enjoyed the reactions of the of the of the audience so but yeah that's the trivia I have that there's so much more in in the uh, when he talks about that in the um, the interview in the interview he was like yeah this other guy He's talking about uh, when uh, when Jackie Brown comes, comes to see uh, Max. Max. The, end. Mm -hmm. the guy was just like, "You better just shake his hand and get out of there." Get the fuck out. <laughs> He's like talking during the movie. During why? Well, he well, said the guy was real funny. And then um, when he was talking about how different audiences react, and when she goes in to kiss him or they kiss or whatever, he said the guy was like, "Oh man, I hate this shit, man." Some women were like. That's a man. That's right a man there. right there. It's so funny to get the polarizing differences. You know, mm. that's the race politics. It's hilarious. Yes, sir. Um, is that it for trivia? That's it for trivia. Now it's time for filmmaker tips. What you got? All right. Um, cast the right actor for the right role, and don't be afraid to look beyond the typical Hollywood casting list. Boom. Um, Tarantino talks about. Um, when making a film, he, whatever he wrote or whatever, he wants to make sure he gets that. He said, I'm not moving on until I get what I need. Um, he's A lot of times we could talk about like how f expensive film is, uh, but he said the film is like the least expensive thing, especially when you've paid all these people to be here. So you, all these people here, you might as well get what you need. Yes, sir. Try different things. So again, when uh, Tarantino's doing these these takes, He's not afraid to try different stuff. Like, okay, why well, don't we try it this way or, or that way? I like how Samuel Jackson kind of geeks out. Uh, he's a fan a fan of cinema, and he even mentioned this little trivia that, you know, he was his only child. Him and Tarantino are the only children, and they kind of get lost in the world of cinema. So they have that archival knowledge of cinema. Uh, but anyhow, he was talk Samuel Jackson was talking about how when he was working with Robert De Niro, he's like, yeah, man, this... In his brain, he's like, this is Robert De Niro, man. I'm acting with Robert De Niro. Uh, but he said, you have to have um, rapport, and, you know, with an actor, um, especially one that you, like, admire. And so even even though he's talking crazy to Max or t talking crazy to Robert or whatever, off screen, there some actors do it differently. Like, some actors would be like, I'm not talking to this guy during this whole movie. Real, uh, meth real method. Yeah, but Sam is different. He was like, you know what? We're having a good time talking to each other off screen. But on screen, I'm getting in them. You oh, know, yeah. but that rapport allows him to kind of get over the, you know, admiring Speaking another like actor. Yeah. He sounds Sam's straight professional, man. Like, he is always prepared. His character in this reminds me a little bit of his character that he played in uh, 
uh, the film, the Heart Eight, the Heart Eight. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. he's got he's got some of those vibes. That's he's true. The, the disarming. What was the line that he said when he was going to shoot him in the when he had the car? He had the gun. He said, oh. "I'll shoot you in your face." He said something. I forgot what he said. Oh man, what did he say? I will shoot you here and let you bleed out or something. I'll let you bleed. Oh man. Uh, oh man. I'll shoot you in the stomach, let you bleed out. I don't know. And watch you bleed. It was great. I don't remember the line from Heart Eight. Where am I? Okay. What you looking for? I was looking for that quote. Ah, yeah. Yeah, Interesting quote. Now I'll shoot you in the foot and let it bleed. Ah, that's right. That's right. That's some, <laughs> some stuff. Uh, a little bit more trivia, um, or not trivia, but the tips. Uh, build a film family. <clears throat> Excuse me. Build a film family. At this point, with Tarantino working on this film, he had several people that had worked with him mm. on other films, uh, from Reservoir Dogs to Pulp Fiction, and they wanted to be there because they, they love film like, like Quentin does, and he brings a certain energy to the set. Uh, uh, you already mentioned don't move on until you get the shot uh, I said great character development brings you back for more than just the plot yep absolutely I think some of the, the best character development was like Robert De Niro and how um, how he was visually um, moving with his characters like kind of seemed like boring at first mm-hmm. like, this guy's a boring character like what is what is your use uh, but that's the whole point, you know. Is he's rediscovering the world, having been locked up for almost four years. So he's an institutionalized dude, like in this world. You know, he's being used to being told what to do, what time to go to sleep, when to get up, all that stuff. And now he's in this world, the what they call it, the free world. Yo, free ass. <laughs> so he's out here, uh, and so like, man, that's got to be crazy to play that character. Uh, com- Versus like being the flamboyant character that's always got the right answers and all that stuff just to be like, you know, like he looks at at keys, you know, he's looking at the keys. like, What is this? You know, Which one is it? So people actually got to tell him what to do. Yeah. I think he may have gotten into a fight in prison and got dinged up a little bit. He might be a little punchy. <laughs> a little punch drum. Rum punch? I don't know. Uh, where the keys? <laughs> Let me get a hit of that. Um, so a uh, last tip that I have is write and shoot where, you know, Tarantino moved the story from Florida to the South Bay area of California where he grew up. Nice. I like it. I like it. Um, what are we diving into next time? Next time we are diving to the world of the bride as we cover Quentin Tarantino's kill bill volume one. <laughs> I will kill Bill. And you can catch us where? Facebook.com forward slash Filmmaker Commentary. We're also on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitch Radio, and Spotify. Catch us on Twitter. He is at Reggie Titus. I'm at KCGSmith32. We're also on the gram at Filmmaker Commentary. He's at Reginald Titus Jr. That's JR. I'm at KCGSmith32. Until next time, peace, respect, respect,